Instrumentals, you guys. We tried, everybody. No vocals. We tried, guys. We're not a band. We are American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-dow! Welcome back. Yes, welcome to another fun episode of American Brews and Tunes. Yeah, really great fun episode. I know our past two episodes have been one-offs. We talked about the Swellers, Light in a Closed Door, and we talked about Frank Turner's England Keep My Bones. Yes. But now we're back for a regular episode of the podcast in which I recommend an album for Justin and he does the same for me. How about that? Yeah, how about that? (laughs) And uh, we each try two different beers. Yes, exactly. Two different beers. Because this wouldn't be American Brews and Tunes without brews. Yeah, it would just be American Brew and Tunes. <laughs> what? <laughs> if there's no beer, it can't well, even be Without brew. two, it would be one. I guess. Oh, gotcha. I was, in, I was implying and assuming. You know what they say, <laughs> don't, don't imply or don't assume. Yep, that's a, that's, I, think, I believe that's the saying. That is the saying. Yep, exactly. Anyways, um, what have you been listening to for these past few weeks, Jesse? Uh, for these past few weeks i've been listening to the debut solo album from ben folds called rock in the suburbs oh i think i've heard of that album yeah at least i hope i have i recommended it for you (laughs) and what have i been listening to you might ask i've been listening to a reworked and re-recorded album by the band car seat headrest and the album is called twin fantasy parentheses face to face and parentheses yep Uh, i'll delve into uh what I mean by re-recorded, reworked, re-whatever you have, you... Whatever have whatever you. Whatever you have you. What have you. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into that, and we'll, we'll touch upon that later. Yeah. But first... Yes, but we're going to go to different... Different? Different portion of this. Of this. The beer. <laughs> <laughs> what Jesse's trying to say is we're going to go to the other portion of the podcast, separate from music, which naturally must be beer. We're going to yep. talk about the beers that we're trying. Yes. Um, so what are you trying this week? I'm trying a uh, beer from Stone... Oh, Stone. Um, it's been a while since we've had a Stone beer on the podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, this one, I believe this is a new one. It is called Fear, period, Movie, period, Lions. Fear, Movie, Lions. What is it? Double IPA. An oh. unfiltered double IPA. Oh, an IPA from Stone. How about that? Yeah, how crazy is that? Yeah. There's it, a lot of text on the back, but it's not worth the... reading. I tried it. I, I, I read it, and it's... Yeah, it's not... It's talking special. about some of their brewery at Richmond and how there's a space that has three words on it, which are fear, movie, lions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and this, I believe, came from the Richmond, Virginia uh, brewing location. Am I correct? Uh, probably. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to read this can. I'm fairly certain that I'm correct. They started out in Escondido, California, but they opened up a second brewing location in Richmond, Virginia for some strange reason. No, and actually, recently they they moved over yes. to Germany. They have a a brewery right. in Germany. They somewhere. do, yeah. So uh, it's exciting it's, times for Stone. It is. We like Stone, so good for them worldwide. Yeah, I'm also having an IPA, not a uh, a double IPA like you're having, um, but it's from a brewery called Knee Deep Brewing Co. Have you ever heard of them? I've heard of Neck Deep though. No, that's a band. <laughs> well, Knee Deep Brewing Co. I've, I've actually never heard of them either, though I have heard of this beer. Um, it is called Breaking Bud. Um, and Bud. it looks like Breaking Bad. If you guys have ever seen the TV show Breaking Bad, the the uh, font looks like the BR in Breaking and the uh, BA in Bad both look like they're from the periodic table. BR is I don't know. Brilliant. Is that a BE? I don't know. But then B was BU actually something too? I don't know. It's Brilliant. <laughs> I thought BR meant Bromine. Bromine. Bromanium. I think it's bromine. I have no idea. I believe it's bromine, bro. I have no idea. But there's a much easier to read font on the back of this can. Yeah. Shall I read it? Sure, go for it. It says, this is a true West Coast IPA. Oh. A restrained malt profile of American two-row German wheat 
and a touch of English crystal gives the spirits golden straw color and allows the hops to shine. Ooh. Mosaic, Simcoe, and Columbus hops provide dank aromas and flavors of tropical fruit and pine, leading to a refreshing dry finish. Ooh. Curious, huh? Um, apparently, Knee Deep Brewing is in Auburn, California. I'm not really sure where Auburn is, but it's in the same stone it's, as uh, Stone, apparently, I guess. Some place in, uh, in there. Some place around there, I guess. I suppose so. Um, see that we, well, uh, let, me, let me tell you a little bit about this beer. Okay, go for it. Um, I'm, of course, reading on the app Untapped. Pretty dope beer app, if you guys are looking for something like that. Uh, anyway, this says that it's an IPA, Imperial slash Double, and it says New England, styles, <laughs> New England style IPAs are all the rage. Fans of Stone repeatedly ask us for a take on that style, which can be met with some criticism. Rooted in West, uh, West Coast style IPAs for decades, how would we do it? Fear no more. Our brewers took the approach to deliver incredibly hoppy and aromatic flavor while keeping it very balanced. So I guess this is, this is a uh, Stone's take on the, take New, England on the New England style IPA. Yeah, I'm curious about so that. Be, I was, I was really wondering fun. if they were going to have one of those sooner or later. Yes. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm pretty uh pretty excited to check the, to try this one. Yeah. Let's let's give these a crack and see uh, what the dealio is. Alrighty. We both Ooh. have cans today. You do. Um, no bottles today. 16-ounce cans, so we're not talking little baby cans. We're talking yeah, big, big get, boy cans. Get your get your baby cans out of here, all you baby can-having people. There's nothing wrong with baby cans. We just don't have them today. Ooh. When I say baby cans, I guess I could say the normal size Normal size can. cans. 12-ounce cans. A 12-ounce these can. Are, these are tall boys, I guess is what they call them. Uh, a pint in a can. Uh, quite literally, it's a pint in a can. pint in a can. Mine is quite heady. Uh, it's the foam everywhere. I, I need to let it settle before I pour the yeah, rest of the beer. Yeah, mine's just a boot. The same. How would uh, it's uh, it's definitely hazy, a little it's unfiltered, hazier. but not as hazy as some of the New England style IPAs. No, not as hazy as like bearded iris or something um, like that. Mine quite literally is straw colored. Yeah. Uh, just as the back of the can so indicated. Just as it implied. How does uh, how's your smell? It smells delicious. Um. Mine smells know, kind of uh, normal. Mine smells like a normal IPA. It doesn't smell yeah. super aggressive, as uh, I would expect from some West Coast style IPAs. No, um, but that's okay. Oh. I don't mind. Oh, you're living living life on the edge right now. Yeah, I'm pouring this beer so that the uh, foam is really at really Just about right to overflow. At the top. <laughs> it's like a muffin. You know, like whenever you bake muffins, like the Muffin Man. Yeah, like the Muffin Man who lives on Dreary Lane. Yeah, and then as you're baking them, they pop up over the. What's it called? Container? The muffin pan? pan? The muffin pan? <laughs> the the oh. container? <laughs> yeah, but whenever... It, whenever uh, You guys probably know what I'm talking about, all you people who bake muffins. Um, as as it's rising... A muffin top they, emerges yeah, over the top. Yeah, a muffin top emerges. Yeah, that's what, kind of what your, yeah, they, your beer... Yeah, the, the foam, foam did on like. the top, yeah. Yep. But now that my foam has uh, settled a little bit, uh, let's say that we uh, cheers and try. Let's try. Let's do it. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's try. Yeah. Yes. Let's, let's cheers and try. Well, as we always say on American Brews and Tunes, Oh, that's Ooh. pretty smooth for a uh, what I would gather from a West Coast style IPA. And generally, when I think West Coast style IPA, my benchmark is always the uh, the Green Flash West Coast style IPA. Yeah. And that's a pretty aggressive uh, West Coast style IPA. Yeah, that's a pretty good benchmark to have. For so this style. one is more mild than the Green Flash. Mm. Uh, it's much smoother, but it's it's still got that hot flavor, and it's actually quite nice and refreshing. Mm. How's uh, how's yours? It's really tasty. Um, good. Good descriptor. Let's <laughs> see. That, that's what I always start off with. It's good. You remember, you, <laughs> you remember our conversation on one of the previous episodes where I talk about unpacking the basket? Yeah. The picnic basket. Yeah, I remember that long conversation <laughs> yeah. about picnic baskets and all that, kind of stuff. That's what I always... So why don't you unpack that's that always, picnic basket? That's what I always start off with is it's tasty or it's good. Um, anyway, beyond that, it uh, you can definitely tell that it is a double IPA. It does, has that does it taste of, boozy? It has that kind of like thick booziness taste to it. Um, but then it's complemented really well with, uh, um, uh, I would say, like a nice kind of milder citrus. Mm-hmm. More closer to like a sweet citrus than a, a tart citrus. Something like an orange, less like a lemon. Yeah, it makes sense. But it's still, it's very, very good. You got that nice citrus and that nice pininess that you get from um, certain hops. Yeah. So I think Stone kind of 
is still sticking to their guns with this one in sticking terms of the, what they do best in terms of the flavor profile but it is like it is thicker and juicier yeah. than one of their normal ipas probably doesn't have like the lactose that uh, bearded iris might add to their no. to make, IPAs. yeah it's less creamy it's yeah. not as creamy as other and mine's definitely not creamy at all it's, it's very IPAs. mine's very smooth very floral yeah very nice i'm happy that's a good mine. uh that's a good uh good thing to have in a west coast style i would hope so you want to do a little switchkey? Yeah, let's do a little switchkey. All right. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Oh, I agree. Yours is much thicker, but yours oh. is way more citrusy um, and definitely sweeter than mine. Yeah. But mine That's is... tasty, though. It's not aggressive like you would expect. No. Mine, right? No, I would have expected a much more aggressive pine flavor. Yeah, but no, it's, style. it's pretty crushable for a West Coast-style IPA. <laughs> Um, True. What's that ringing in at? It's at like six point five percent, so it's pretty standard. It's not um, standard ABV. Whereas yours IBUs. is what eight and a half percent. Eight and a half percent coming in at sixty IBUs, yeah. I believe. And mine, so it's. Uh, I, I think we got some winners. Yeah, we did. Winner, winner. We do. Um, winner, hoppy winner. dinner. We're, winner, winner. We're the winners because we're winning by trying beers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't argue that. Can't argue with that logic, can you? Uh, you could, but it, you don't you have much don't, to argue. You with. don't need to. Yeah, you don't have much basis. Yep, exactly. Um, so, how about we, uh, you want to dive into the albums? Um, yes. Sure. Eh? Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to the music. Um, I'll let yeah, you let's... go first this week so you can okay. uh, talk about Ben Folds. All right, eh? sounds good. Uh, so yeah, Ben Folds, the album is Rockin' the Suburbs, um, or as I wrote in my paper, Rockin' the Subs. The Subs. Suburbs. Uh, anyway, this is his debut studio album, uh, recorded solo album. Solo right? album yeah. yeah, it's now with Ben Folds Five, his previous band. Correct. And do you know why there, his previous band was called Ben Folds Five? Do you know how many members were in it? Were there five members? There was three. They said that they were going with the alliteration Folds Five. They were like, five oh. sounds way better than Ben Folds Three. Ben Folds Three. <laughs> folds Five. They're like that was the at least from what I think I in my reading that's what they said. That's funny. Yeah, Clever. makes sense. I mean, it doesn't, you know, it, you know, it doesn't have to literally mean that no, there are five people. Just a name. It just sounds cool. Yeah. Anyway, this was recorded in Adelaide, Australia. I believe that I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, I think he was married to some lady from Australia, so that's probably okay. why. Um, and it was released on September 11th, 2001. That's not a good day for an album release. No, it's not, not a good day for anything. No, no, it's not a good day for anything. And um, it's dark to speculate, but I wonder if that had much to do with. Um, the album sales or like probably because that's uh, anything that came out around that time would greatly and rightfully so be overshadowed by the horrible events of September 11th yes um, so yeah so I wonder what was going on in his mind when he's like I'm releasing an album today oh and then oh jeez yeah yeah so that's uh, not good yeah but I mean that's just the, the you way, can't way pick, it goes you can't pick what a, a, a terrorist plot's gonna happen yep exactly um, anyway, this album is kind of like a, um, he is very similar to Prince in terms of that he plays like a, a lot of the instruments instruments on this album. Nearly everything. If I yeah, I think other than he, uh, some of the string arrangements, yeah. instruments he yeah. plays pretty much every single instrument. Plays and sings. Yeah, piano, keyboard, guitar, bass, yeah. drums. I believe he was a percussion major in college. Really. I think he graduated, or he dropped out with one credit left. Wow. I think. Well, he made an alright decision. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing alright for himself, I say. Yep. Anyway, so this album is great. I think so, too. I think it's a phenomenal album. Um, so I'll just start with track number one, I suppose. I guess that's a great place to start. No need to wait. We sh- you should start where we always start. At the beginning. At the beginning. <laughs> what was that? At what, the old do drop in. The old do drop in. Uh, if you guys ever want to watch a fun video, uh, our one of our buddies in college was doing a videography class. Was that what it was? Yeah, I think so. And he needed to make a fake trailer for a movie, so we pretty much came up with the whole idea for the movie. Yeah. Called Lawrence the Law Lincoln. <laughs> about a guy who's a uh, he's pretty much like well, Sherlock Holmes yeah like Sherlock Holmes yeah and I played Lawrence the Law Lincoln and you played and who was I the what assistant, was my name James Briarheart I was like <laughs> yeah. I was like elementary my dear Briarheart <laughs> we walked James around smoking Briarheart. pipes <laughs> uh, oh, it was great that was funny but that, that was one of the lines in the trailer yeah, we'll see if we can like, find where that where should we start the... where we always start my dear Briarheart the at beginning. the beginning, uh, so, <laughs> so we'll, terrible. We'll, we'll see if, if we can find that video on YouTube. We'll put a link to it in our uh, 
on our uh, page on our website. So go to bruisingtunespodcast.com. Yeah. Look up the episode for for this, and there's stuff from the episode. You can find the video and all kind of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'll I'll let you start at the beginning. Anyway, uh, track number one is called Annie Waits. Uh, I gave this song four point five out of five and recommended it. Oh, okay. Um, it is a it's a how do I want to say this? It gives a good sense of his writing style, like lyrically and musically. Yeah, poppy in this song. Hooky. Very poppy, very catchy, very hooky. And piano driven. No, not everything's piano driven. Not everything is, but most most is. of the stuff yeah. on this album is driven by the piano. Yeah. Um, piano just hops into the driver's seat. Of mm-hmm. the vehicle that is this album, and and pushes the puts acceleration, it puts it into first, and eventually into second, and just goes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more instrumentation on this album than his previous efforts with Ben Folds Five. Yeah, uh, Ben Folds Five was him on piano, a bass player, and a drummer. That was it. Oh, really? So on this album, there's guitars, there's all kinds guitars, of guitars, strings, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. But anyway, yeah, anyways, uh, this song, uh, I believe it's about like seizing the day and like not. Not waiting, waiting around. Mm-hmm. One of the line, one of the <laughs> one of the lines is the clock never waits. Mm-hmm. And then he, the the hook is, what is it? And and he waits, and he waits, and he waits for a sign. Um. Anyway, I think it's a great song. It is a great it's song. Fantastic. I like that song. And a lot. it do, it kind of sets the tone for the entire album mm-hmm. very well. Uh, next song is track number two. Well, it's. Next track is track number two. Yes, it's, it called, is. it's called Zach and Sarah. Zach, Zach and Sarah. Zach without a C. Zach without a C and Sarah without an H. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon's uh, Sarah with no H because H's are you. I don't know. That's one of his sketches. I have it's no idea what you. sketch is. Oh, the, the gross? Yeah. The, ew, gross. What? <laughs> no. Ew. Ew, gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I and just and can't do it Sarah, well. <laughs> Sarah with no H in okay. that as well. Uh, this song Wait, starts off with Sarah awesome buddy? piano. Yeah, it does. That's got to be a finger exercise play in that uh, that uh, piano part. I would think so. Seems tiring. Even just listening sure to it, I get exhausted. Uh, I'm sure he's well practiced, though. I think so. He's a professional. Um, I gave the song four to five and an honorable mention. Good choice. So catchy. Mm-hmm. This is so catchy. It's just it's basically just a story about Zach and Sarah. Yeah, going and playing instruments. Yep. Sitting on a PV amp in the eighties. Yeah. Nineteen eighty four. Mm-hmm. Well, Zach without a C tried out some new guitars. Playing um, Sarah with no H's favorite song. La da 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 da. Ah, uh, so catchy. Zach and Sarah. <laughs> That's a weird electric part, but I'll uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, later. there are, uh, there are a lot of kind of parts like that where you don't really expect it, and you're like, oh, this oh, from 2001. That's, That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Anyway, track number three is my next recommendation. I give it a five out of five, and it's called "Still Fighting It." And we're still fighting it. We're still fighting it. That's um, a good one. Very good song. Uh, one of the lyrics that kind of describes the purpose of the song or the meaning is, uh, I think it's just the chorus, and, and everybody knows it hurts to grow up. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. So, and then everybody then it goes into the, knows, yeah. It yeah, it's, it's a really, really good song. And then uh, that leads into the, the chorus, which is, we're still fighting it. Mm-hmm. So still they're trying to the stay idea young. of, yeah, fighting, getting old, and how getting old sucks. Yeah. Getting, old, like getting older does suck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it happens to everyone. It's inevitable. We're by no means... Youngsters. Yeah, um, but we're old. not old. Yeah. We're in the middle we're phase. Like in the weird middle part. We're not middle-aged, though. <laughs> no. Like in that, like the Menzingers album, After the yeah. Party. Yeah. We're almost there. Not quite there we're yet. We're still though. in the party. We're not after the party yet. Yeah. We haven't reviewed that album yet, did we? Yeah, we did. Oh, we did. Okay, yeah. So we did, we reviewed uh, that yeah. Menzingers album, After the yeah. Party, which <laughs> talks about getting out of your 20s and into your 30s. Yeah. Uh, but back to Ben Folds. <laughs> anyway... So that's why I really I really mm-hmm. like this song a lot, because it, I don't know, accurately describes a feeling that's hard hard to describe. Yeah, and but everyone probably feels it at some point in time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyway, the next uh, song is called "Gone," and it's track number four. This is the one that goes do 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 do
Yeah. Yeah. It's got that weird bouncy, like almost a bouncy feel to the, the song. And six eight, I guess. I thought you were. Yeah. That's a catchy song too. Yeah, it is a good song. Uh, I gave it four to five. Four to five. It's a song about failed relationship and like the aftermath. Yeah, it's good though. I like it. On to track number five, called Fred Jones Part Two. And I believe the part one is from a Ben Folds Five song. Oh, really? About a, a character named Fred Jones, named and this Fred kind Jones. of chronicles him later in life. Yeah, um, I gave it four to five, and it's another honorable mention. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> you there you can so honorably many... mention as many songs as you want. Well, I'd like to honor- honorably mention all of them. Well, <laughs> anyway, it's kind of a sad song. It is a sad song, but it's a uh, um, it's a good song though. It's there. You know how there are some things that are sad, but um, you realize that they're good at the same time. Yeah. Um, that's what this song is, basically. Um, it's the story about Fred either retiring or getting fired from his job at the paper. I think uh, either way you could... Either, either retiring way or, or being work, fired. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Because the song, he said, he like talks about a guy being work. there to escort him out of the building. Yeah. So maybe he's just retiring and or maybe they're firing him. I don't know. Either way, it's not But great. either way, it's... Uh, I feel like this is a song about finding meaning in life and like not having any regrets when you're older. Well, because I think this guy has regrets. Yeah, he definitely Big does. Time. Definitely does have regrets. Yeah. Um, it's kind of Ben chronicles that in this song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of his lyrics are very well thought out, especially mm-hmm. in this song. Well, in all the songs, really. Yeah, it's almost got that folky feel where it's like tells a story like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, basically, without being an actual folk song, of course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so basically it is about finding meaning in life and uh in in Fred's case in Fred's case, Fred Jones' YOLO. case. <laughs> Fred Jones never said YOLO. He probably didn't know. He said responsibility. <laughs> yep. Um when did YOLO start bec- becoming a thing? Uh I don't know. Do you remember when that started? After 2010, like maybe 2011, 2012 somewhere in there. YOLO. It's weird. Pro- I think some songs started saying YOLO. Really? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, this yeah. uh, this song kind of has the same message as Frank Turner's photosynthesis, mm-hmm. said in a very different way. It kind of go, delves into the topic of that regret of having worked in some place for 25 years and then there's no party thrown for you whenever you leave. Did you no, waste your life? Yeah, yeah, like there's no songs sung on that day or anything like that. No yeah. one's celebrating you and so then where's your meaning? Poor Fred Jones. Yeah, poor Fred Jones. You know what it reminds me of, even though it's not actually at all related? Is that Counting Crow song? Mr. Jones and me. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la-la-la. <laughs> little Dreads. What? Uh, that's what the singer from uh, Counting Crows had, Little Dreads. Yeah, Little Dreads? Yeah, and he danced around, Mr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. Uh, it's nothing I've never, I've never heard that song. What? I don't think so, anyway. I'll show you after the podcast. Okay. Oh, jeez. What a song. Anyway, yeah, back to the album. Let's ascend. Uh, <laughs> track number six is called The Ascent of Stan. I guess this song, 3.5 out of ferv. This this is the portion of the album where I'm like, oh, these songs are pretty good. Like the next, Over the next three songs, next few, you're like, yeah. oh, that's pretty good, but... I think this one's better than the other two to follow. Yeah, uh, Again, I think it's got a crazy piano part at the beginning of the song. Yeah. Almost like a, uh, like a study type... Yeah. This song's about growing up too. Yeah. The ascent of Stan. Yeah. He Stan used to be a hippie. Stan, who's now the textbook man. Textbook hippie, and now he's the man. Yeah. In terms so of so he became like, everything he hated. Yeah. In terms of like the in- industry, yeah, fighting the man, the, fighting the man. Now he is the man. The businessman. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's like uh, I guess uh, dealing with like losing your youthfulness and getting into a system that brings you down. Yeah. So I like it. It's good. Um, I'm going to kind of go over these next two fairly quickly. Go for uh, it. Track number seven is called Losing Lisa. Not a bad one. It's a good song. Very much a good Sketchy song. Catchy chorus, but it's usually one that doesn't do too terribly much for me. Yeah. Same here. On to track number eight, which is called Carrying Kathy. Uh, this is another sad song. Yeah. It's a little slower. Um, well, definitely a lot slower than the last one. Yeah, a little slower, and it's uh, about uh, depression, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a character, Kathy, and she was dealing with depression, and her boyfriend, who Ben Foltz plays, I guess, doesn't really realize it. Um, 
until it's too late or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she eventually, uh, they're carrying her casket, carrying Kathy's casket at the end of the dark. song. And then uh, I think someone says like, ah, it's, it's always been this way or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a good song. It's not my favorite, but it's uh, dealing with a pretty good, uh, heavy topic. I'd say so. I certainly would say so. Would you? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, track number nine. I almost looked like a seven there for a second. Track number nine is called Not the Same. This is a crazy song, too. Based on a real story, I believe. Yeah, based on a true story um, about some one of his friends uh, taking LSD, uh, climbing up into a tree, and then staying there the whole night. And then the next morning it came down and he was a born-again believer in Christ. Mm-hmm. And how weird that was. Because they were out at a party and it was crazy. Yeah. What a strange story. Yeah, it's but, true, though. Uh, turned into an interesting song. Yeah, for sure. It was a cool song. Good song. Very good song. I do like that song. On to my last recommendation, track number 10. It's called Rock in the Suburbs. Oh, it's a, a title, title track. track. Wow. Title track. Title track. Anyway, great song. And I feel like, I kind of feel like this is the outlier on the album. Yeah, because this, I agree. this is like the only one that has an electric guitar that's like really distorted and really. I think there's one other song that has some overdriven guitars. Yeah, on Gone, I think there is, but yeah, but this one is it's very prominent, and I think the sound of this song was very intentional. Yeah, I it's think so. it's a parody of pop music. This whole song is mm-hmm. it's a parody of like pop music that's made to talk about. Well, I'll let you get into it. Yeah, I mean the idea is that he's. He's rocking the suburbs. He's from the suburbs, and just he, like, so he knows about all the hardships and problems. Hardships can, of being a male, middle class, and white. Yeah, so he can market those hardships to everyone. Yeah, to everybody else. Yeah, he's making fun of a lot of pop music at the time. Yeah. This and, is the song uh, that got me into Ben Folds. Really? The first song I ever heard by him, yeah. Nice. Long ago. Long, in a galaxy long far, ago. far away. Actually, it was relatively... I mean, I was probably like in middle school, so it wasn't like a long, long time ago. It was many years, but it was in the exact same galaxy. I can tell yeah. you that. The exact, or maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe multiple dimensions exist. Maybe. Or, I mean, multiple. How, how would I know? Maybe this is Inception, which is not really dealing with galaxies, more dreamlike. But who have knows? you heard of the uh, uh, simulation theory? No, I've never heard of this in my entire life. We're all inside of a simulation. Yeah. Just like on that one episode of Rick and Morty. Where they were in a simulation simulating a simulation. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Where uh, I think the, the basic idea is that this is like how, like our virtual reality. Yeah. Is what we're living right now. And then whenever we die, we wake up in some other dimension. They're like, like well, the Matrix? Yeah, like, well, how'd you like it? Like, did you like the game? Sure. And then you're like, what? What game? <laughs> yeah. Just like the Matrix, but yeah. without robots. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Back to the title track. <laughs> yeah, back to the title track. Um, so yeah, it's this idea of commercialization of music. Yeah. Pretty much. Super catchy. That piano part. It's like when he talks about some some producer with computers fixes all my poopy tracks. Poopy tracks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Crappy tracks. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's great. just funny. And then... Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense now because there's a part later in the song where he's like, y'all don't know what it's like being male, middle, class, and white. Do you know who he's making, kind of making fun of there a little bit? No. Uh, the I am fairly certain he's making fun of Rage Against the Machine there because, oh, because you listen of the way- to how, I think his name's Zach uh, Delaroche, I think is his last name, um, from Rage Against the Machine, the singer, he kind of sings in that style, so Ben Folds is definitely parodying it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but so yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. That's a, yeah, it's that's a good goofy. song. Y'all don't know what it's like being male, middle, middle class, and white. white. Makes me want to say, ah. He screams F word real loud. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if anyway. he screams F word anywhere else on this album. Yeah, and the next song. Oh, do tell. <laughs> the next song is called Fired. That's an F word, too. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's a good point, friend. Um,. Oh, another F word. You don't mean foe? No, I mean friend. Have you ever picked a flower? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, later you can follow me down to the field 
where we can pick flowers. Forget that. <laughs> anyway. Fired. I think fired might be. There's so many F words in the world uh, that but, exist. Uh, he says the actual F word at the end of the song. But yeah, this song says, actually says, might be my favorite. Mother. This might be that my favorite one. song. It's so catchy. It is. It is very good. And he's um, got that palm muted bass. Yeah. The song's super, super good. Super catchy. Love it. I don't really know what it's about. Just people who are uh, like, getting people. angry and firing everyone. People about people. I think it's basically about people who like um, are very confident, but in a bad way. Yeah, uptight. Like they walk. They walk into the room and they're like, "I'm the best." Or like, something I, like that. I hear like I hear them talking behind my back. Hear it all through the eastern walls. You're fired. Mm-hmm. Everyone here was fired. Anyway. On to the last, my last recommendation. Mm-hmm. I mean, honorable mention, sorry. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it's a song called The Luckiest, track number 12. It's one of his it's a love uh, biggest song. songs. Yeah, it's a love song. Mm-hmm. This would be, I'm guessing that a lot of people have used this as their first dance song at a wedding. I've never heard it as a first dance song, but I went to my cousin Michelle's wedding, and um, before the they proceeded down the aisle, there was a piano player in the front of the room just playing um, certain songs and actually singing them too, and this was one of the ones she sang. I could see that. Yeah. And I was, like, I was like, they're playing Ben Folds at a wedding. This is great. <laughs> this is great. Uh, the basic idea is that expressing what love is is very difficult, and this song kind of does it. I just like uh, the one line, and uh, it might be the second verse. is like, what if I would have been 100 years or 50, 50 years, years before? Yeah. He's like, and I saw you on a bike down the street, would I know? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Just really so. cool. And the chorus uh, is a slight play on Pachelbel's canon, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if it's intentional, but it's there. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, Ben Folds is a very smart guy. Yeah, he is. He uh, there. I watched this one video where he basically improvised a piece with like a an orchestra, like with a string orchestra. Yeah, he did. He just uh, he, he did was it like live, he was like right? all right. Yeah, he was like you all guys right, do this. You guys play this, and they played it on the piano. Mm-hmm. And then I saw him that. live at the Ryman once, and he had a. Uh, it was him on piano, and he had a small ensemble of uh, orchestral instruments. It was really cool. Nice. Really cool. He's a great performer. Yeah, great performer, great musician. He, uh, he writes very, some really very good, good stuff. songwriter. Yeah. He's just so funny because he writes these like super happy, like poppy songs. Um, subject matter is usually really, really solid. But then, like, he throws in these random cuss words. And you're like, whoa, that doesn't. That's not radio friendly. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's so funny. Yep. Anyways, moving on to my album. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, again, for those of you who don't remember, is Twin Fantasy, Princess Face to Face, by the band Car Seat Headrest. Yes. It's a recent album. It came out earlier this year, February of 2018. Yep. And it is a reworking and re-recording of the original album, Twin Fantasy, which was released in 2011. Okay. So it's uh, seven years after the first, they decided to redo the, 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 the whole thing. Yeah, it's really interesting. They rewrote some of the music. They changed the words. Um, just kind of... Like it's that. interesting. Yeah, it's the whole album is a concept album about one specific relationship, and the the difficulties, uh, demise, and looking back on yep. that relationship. Yeah. Um, as a band, Car Seat Headrest started as a solo project in 2010 by Will Toledo. Um, I'm assuming he's the he's the main singer. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, and he recorded and released his own stuff independently on Bandcamp. And apparently the name Car Seat Headrest came because he was too nervous, I, I think, about recording vocals, so he went into his car to record it. Really? <laughs> the vocals, yeah. So that's, that's, it came from Weird. there. Yeah. Um, anyhow, it's 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 an interesting album. Um, him in I general, really Will Toledo, good. his voice has kind of got a lazy feel to it. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of Beck. Yeah. And some of the songs actually remind me of Beck. Really? Um, yes. I, I, I don't know which Beck songs, but just from what, just I, from what I know, yeah. yeah. Um, for fans of Beck or for fans of Car Seat Headrest, I'm not trying to offend anyone. That's just what it, it reminds me of. So yeah. sorry if that's if you guys don't like that. Um, this album's only 10 songs long, but it's over 71 minutes in length. Yep. <laughs> um, he really, 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 really stretches out songs. Yes, he does. A bit too much for my taste. They um, have breakdowns, and sometimes they, they break don't down. have breakdowns. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just have monologues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all kinds of weird stuff happens. Um, but yes. uh, it's it's a very unique aesthetic. I'll yeah. say that. One, um, that. one that I'm very partial to. I really I really like it. Me, not so much. Uh, but I can appreciate a lot of the stuff in this album. Yeah. Let's delve in, shall we? Track yes. number one is called My Boy, parentheses, Twin Fantasy. I gave this oh, a rating boy. of uh, a Hyundai Elantra. 
Um, <laughs> which, you know, it's pretty reliable. It's solid. You know, it'll last you a long time. Yeah. Um, he relates, re- repeats the line, my boy, we don't see each other much. My, my boy, we don't see each other much. And uh, his boy is about his lover. Yeah. Um, Will is a, uh, a gay man, but he is talking about his relationship with this person who you come to learn is a distant relationship. So they are separated. Yeah. Uh, and as we'll see later, that causes some difficulties. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he, he talks about how he's hopeful that they won't be alone. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. And he's looking forward to when they're not alone. They'll be together. Yeah. Moving on to track number two, which is called Beach Life and Death. Um, I gave this an honorable mention, and I gave it a rating of... <laughs> yes, it's, I gave it a rating of Honda Civic, the car that I have. Honda uh, Civic, I Ooh. quite like. Oh, um, you said you honorable mentioned that one? I did. Wow, I only, a really I, long song. I honorably mentioned it and didn't recommend it because it's over 13 minutes long. Yeah. Jeez Louise, 13 minutes. <laughs> Chop that up, man. Chop it up. Jeez Louise. Put it in the two songs, maybe three. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways... It, it starts off with him making some weird noises. It's like he's opening a drink and then drinking it a little bit. I actually don't like that. I hear it, I'm like... Ugh. I was like... It's like... It's basically just like... It's like... And he was like... Oh, oh, um, um, yum. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and I hear that, I'm like... Step away from the microphone, sir. <laughs> Anyways. and I thought about you. Yeah, it's... Uh, this, which we'll come to find in other songs, is very much like a stream of consciousness. Yeah. Um, and he does that a lot, um, kind of to convey his. I'm assuming that's what goes through his mind, and like when he's like trying to think of things, that's how his mind works. Yeah, is like just keeps going about random things. Like but if it's you, truly related. I believe there's stream of consciousness writing too, where like people write books like that. Oh yeah, people. Where like, there's like a no, lot of times people like keep no journals that are like that. Or yeah, periods. Or yeah, and that's what this sounds like. Yeah. Um, there is all, so many themes in this song, like so many mm-hmm. different things. Like he talks about uh, the relationship, obviously that the whole album's about uh, his depression, uh, anxiety, his overall uneasiness, and so much more. Um, there's one line where he talks about coming out to his friends on Skype. Yeah. But then he like it gets really worried that they're gonna like what they're gonna think, so he just pretends to be drunk and yeah. that's a joke. And you're yeah. like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's uh, all kind of things he he unleashes during this song. It's the first time that he, he says the line, the ocean washed away your grave. Yeah. Um, he repeats that a lot in this song, and that line comes back at least once, maybe more in, in the other songs in this album. Yeah. And that, in general, is a foreshadow to the, the ultimate last. demise of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the, let's say the relationship's in a grave, now it's dead or buried, whatever. Yeah. But the ocean's washing it away, so he has to keep seeing it and revisiting it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because he wants to or maybe because he's recording the stuff that he's revisiting it. Who knows? But but he's reflecting on it, so yeah. it, he can't stop. Can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. It. Let's move on to track number three, shall we? We yeah. shall. All right, so this song is called Stop Smoking in parentheses, We Love We Love You. I gave this yep. a rating of Volkswagen Beetle because oh. it's an interesting car. The oldest one? <laughs> yeah. The older ones? We'll go with the remodeled ones, which are kind of like the older ones. Okay. Not the... Not the ones, not the, the super round one that yeah. always have the eye, one that's a little bit more stretched it. out. Yeah. That, I mean, not eyelids, little, the ones that are a little flatter looking, you know. Yeah, because they're a little better. Yeah, I agree. All right, so this uh, this song is literally about what the title says. Yeah, um, it's about I'm assuming his lover who smokes and he doesn't want him to smoke. Yeah. Uh, so he says, uh, "Stop smoking, we love you," and then he repeats, "We don't want you to die." Stop smoking, we love you. Stop smoking, we love you. Harmonies were terrible. Stop smoking, um, we love you. But that theme comes back uh, in the later song on. later called "High to Death." I'll I'll touch on, upon that later though. Yeah. Um, it almost seems like he's like you know you're trying to change someone for the better, but yeah. But uh, we'll see if you can change someone or if you can't. Yeah. Moving on to track number four, which is called "Sober to Death." Nice. Um, and this song is called "Sober to Death," and if you just remember. Nay, but like t- a minute ago, I said there's a song <laughs> later called "High to Death." Yep. So there's so kind of there's it's very intentional the, the titles of the tracks. Yeah. Um, I gave this a rating of Toyota Prius. Well, everyone's got their opinions about Prius. Which one is this? This is the. Uh, this is the one s- that's like kind of almost like a swing vibe to it. <laughs> kind of a little bit, I guess. I don't know. Um, it's slower. 
it's a lot slower, but it doesn't do too much for me. The, the chorus is catchy, but it, again, that doesn't do too much for me either. Okay. Um, and it's definitely about a distant relationship and how he can't like give comfort to, to him being so far away. Like when someone's yeah. having like problems or, or like anxiety, he can't be there to comfort him, you know? Um, but he, he kind of ends the song by saying, don't worry, you and me we won't, uh, won't be alone. Or won't be alone. Don't worry, you and me won't be alone no more. So that's, yeah. again, that hopeful theme that uh, yeah. happened in the first song. Um, but when he does that, there's some some weird shifts. It almost sounds like the key signature is shifting a little bit. That's the time signature that's shifting. The time signature, that's what I'm going to say, time between, signature. It goes between triple a 4-4 four, and, four and, and a double meter. Yeah, a double yeah. meter and a triple meter. And I thought that was a really cool touch. Yeah. Very, very intentionally very cool. writing. Uh, moving on to track number five, which is called Nervous Young Inhumans. I gave this a rating of Subaru WRX. Cool car. And oh, I gave wow. it a uh, <laughs> cool recommendation. Oh, there you go. Um, nice. I like the feeling during the verses in this song. It really reminds me of Beck. I told you that yeah. I was going to say that again, and I will again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's an instrumental intro that's really cool, uh, and it kind of comes back after the chorus, which I think is my favorite part, is the instrumental mm. part. Um, but the chorus... It's okay. It's not my favorite part. Um, yeah. I really like the verses, though. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, after about three minutes, there's a spoken monologue that I don't really care for. <laughs> um, it's super stream of consciousness. Just him like pondering and like wondering life, yeah. like like all kind of wonderings. Is this the one where he's, he's is like, this thing on? He says like, that a couple times. On? Yeah. It's just him like wondering like, and like thinking about like what's love, what's life. Yeah. It's, this, it's, it's this... interesting to listen to, but I was like. For me, I'd rather have that in a journal and read it and not hit, hear it at the song. Yeah. Um, some people might love it. Like, I know you, you're you partial to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to knock it. It's just not my aesthetic. Yeah. To each his own, you know? Yeah, whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever slims your yeah. slim. Inhumans, though, he uses that uh, reference a couple times. Yeah, and I don't know if that's it's referencing how he feels. as Not a, human or, or, yeah. if it, or lesser than or his bad side, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but it definitely comes back in other times. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to track number six. It's called okay. Bodies. I gave it a Lamborghini Murcielago. <laughs> Cream of the crop. Nice. I recommended this. Uh, it's probably my favorite song on the album. Yeah, definitely um, it's mine. arguably the catchiest song on the album. I uh, think like, so. Objectively, Arguably, yeah. I'd say it's probably the catchiest, even though it's a subjective thing. Yeah. Um, he has some really funny lines that he says in this song. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets meta in the first verse. Yeah. He says, um, when he, he's like referring to the song itself almost, he says, Is this the chorus yet? No. It's just the building of the verse, so when the chorus comes, it'll be more rewarding. Yeah, so it's like breaking the fourth wall in a yeah. song. Like I saying, guess. saying, I'm going to just keep building the verse so that we get to the chorus, it'll yeah. be best. Um, and then later, in, it's either the next verse or a continuation of the verse, um, he says, well, so what? We're young, we're thin, most of us. We're alive, most, most of us. us. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. that's funny. Like, yeah. uh, alive, like, truly living. Because this song is about regret and yellow, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as he says, we're alive, most of us, it gets to the chorus where he says, don't you realize our bodies could fall apart at any second? Saying, yeah. like, like everything's temporal and Don't finite. Don't you realize? It's it's just so our like bodies can fall yeah. apart. It is catching. But it's it's not exactly the exact theme of some of those regretful songs on Ben Folds, but just same that, just, same general idea. Same general, though. like not yeah. specifically, but same general idea. Yeah. Uh, this was a song that I first heard that made me listen to the album. It's uh, it. I don't know if it was pushed as a solo. Or, I mean, as a, uh, a single, but I, if I was to listen to this album, I, w- I would pick this as a single. Because yeah. it, it, uh, most of these songs did not strike me at first. It took me many listens to get into it. Yeah. But this song right off the bat is one that you're like, oh, this is catchy. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, they performed on Jimmy Fallon. Was this one they did? Yeah. Uh, makes and, sense. And they only have a certain amount of time on live TV. So, so they you can't to, play a 16 minute song. They had to speed it up. Yeah. And uh, there was one point in the song where they did that same thing, and they're like, and he says, normally we do a breakdown here, but since this is live tele- television and we only have 50 seconds left, we're just going to go straight back into the chorus. From from what I've heard, oh, this is a very big side uh, step from oh. what you're talking about. Okay. I don't think he started touring until like 2015, so like years really? after his stuff started getting popular. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting, huh? Makes sense. Let's move on to the next song, which is called Cute Thing. Cute Thing. Um, I gave this a rating of Ford Mustang GT, oh, and wow. it's my last recommendation. All right. Um, Makes sense. The verses, there's a really weird chord progression that's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, 
I don't know how to describe it, but it's weird. But then when it gets to the chorus, it's super catchy. It's that cute thing. Don't be a rude thing. Yeah, I didn't do it justice at all. Yeah. But uh, it's it's really cool. And later on, when he does the the chorus later, he echoes his his lines, and it's just really catchy. Yeah. Um, this song is about the the physical nature of love. Uh, it's it's pretty on the nose about it too. I think he's talking about uh, how he's like wants to be. Like, he's like, I'm sorry I was so romantic. Like, that's, like, the first line. And it comes back later. Oh, yeah, that's the song. Yeah. Uh, and he even talks about lighting a cigarette for him. Right? Yeah, there's a song where it comes back and he says... Not yet. But he oh. only says, I'll light your cigarette. That's yeah, the only reference. It comes yeah. back later in the next song. But but that's it, this alludes to it. Uh, so he's he's talking about that. Um, but after the second chorus and, like, a almost a post-chorus part, there's a, there's a... I don't want to call it a breakdown, but, like, the guitars come in and it's almost like a rager. And it's mm-hmm. really cool, like the down, 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 and then all of a sudden it cuts out, and he's like, he says, do 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 do, boom, da da da, bum bum bum, do 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 do, yeah. And that's the like that's I great. did. I don't find myself singing along to most of this album, but that's something I can sing along to. There's a a bunch of super random references to they might be giants on this song. Do you know that? Really? He talks about like accidentally using his name because you know he doesn't use the, the, his lover's name, the yeah. guy's name. Yeah. He just says you a lot, but he says I accidentally used your name. Um, it fit perfectly to Anna Ng, and Anna Ng. It's just, it's, it's spelled N G Ng. Yeah. I can't, I can't hear. It's, it's a song by They Might Be Giants. It's a oh, big okay. big popular song. Um, and later on, he even uses um, the the name of one of the singers from They Might Be Giants, like oh, saying really? if I was John uh, Linnell or whatever the guy's name is. But every time I hear that, I was like, cool. Yeah. Um, but that's a... I don't know if you ever heard that, that song. Make I don't a think hole so. with a gun perpendicular. Um, you've probably played it for me before. Probably. If you, if it's one of They Might Be Giant's most popular songs. You, you probably would recognize mm-hmm. it. Let's move on to track number eight. This song that's... is called High to Death. I gave this a rating of Ford Focus. Ford um, Focus. Musically, it's not my favorite, but I like it... Uh, lyrically and thematically yeah. and that's pretty much going to be what i'm going to say about the next uh yeah. two songs as well yeah um this is the big tone shift for the album yes. uh this is where everything kind of changes um this song is less hopeful and more desperate than everything that's, that's happened before yeah um and i said it before but this refers back to that's the uh the second uh, the third song stop smoking we love you yeah and he says keep smoking i love you yeah um, but he says, but I don't want to die. And he repeats that. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And it's, uh, that part's really catchy. Keep but smoking. it's, it's, uh, I love it's you. great. Yeah. Um, but like he, he kind of realizes he can't change someone. So he's trying to like, like, he's like, don't let that be the reason like our relationship fails. Keep smoking. That's, that's what I hear out of it. Yeah. Um, uh, I read some other, um, analysis of it and, and they're, some people have had some different um, opinions, about opinions it, but I think but it's him say, like starting to get worried that him trying to change uh, the other guy is, is trying to start to ruin the relationship, and he's panicking a little bit. Like, yeah. keep smoking, I love you, keep smoking, but I don't want to die. Yeah. Um, the beginning of the song, he talks about uh, re- references his his uh, experiences with uh, with weed, with marijuana, yeah. because he can't handle it. Yeah. Um, he he doesn't do well with it, so that's uh, that's him talking about it. Um and. This song is more sad, I would yeah. say. Everything like there's yeah. been some sad references in the other songs, but nothing like like melancholy or like This is the depressing. opposite side of the arc. Yeah. So this is this is where the, the arc of the whole album the relationship the, starts to go downhill. Yeah. This is the down portion of the arc. The outro is a recorded monologue from yeah. some girl calling to like a college or something about her art. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not really entirely sure what it is, but I don't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever, call me, call me daft. Call me uh, simple. I don't, I don't know. Whenever I uh, recommended this album for you, I was like, I don't think Steve's gonna like these like spoken word parts. I, I'm, I'm sure they, they're definitely. I don't think he's put anything on here by accident. Yeah. Um, and I can appreciate it. Just I, I don't choose to listen. Like I don't like it. Yeah. Really, it's not my aesthetic. Doesn't mean that it's not good. Move on to uh, track number nine, which is called Famous Prophets, parentheses, Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave this a rating of Geo Metro, which is a really crappy car. <laughs> like you buy them new at a price of a used car, pretty much. Hey, man, I like Geo Metros. Oh, yeah, everyone likes something. No. You know, there's a car for everybody, and there's a song for everybody. Yeah. This song is over 16 minutes long. Yep. Um, come on, man. <laughs> um, listen, quite literally, there are three 
shifts in sound. Yeah. This should be three songs. You could argue that it should be four songs. You could, it, should, it could be. He wanted to have it one song for one reason or another. And actually, the version on the original album, I believe, was only like 14 minutes long, maybe? So it, oh, it's really? longer than that one. I know they that added they, they added something. Um, it's asking a lot for your listeners to sit through 16 minutes of music. I mean, you could argue that you're going to listen to 16 musics over the course of three or four songs or one song, so what difference does it make? But it does make a difference, I think. Hmm. Um, I have I, to really I, be invested to want to sit down for 16 minutes and listen to one song. I could uh, I could see an argument for both. I could too, but I'm, I'm just giving you my argument right now. Yeah. I'm not going to say that it's bad, it's just what I think. You know, everyone's got their own opinions. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm more okay with it because yeah. I'm, I've for a while have stuck to the philosophy or way of thinking that I have to listen to a whole album straight through. I like that philosophy. I, I can't I can't pick and choose. So I think it seems that maybe I'm more used to sitting through an entire album, so I'm not as well reluctant I, to sit through a 16 minute song. When I sit through an entire album, it's something that I really like and that I'm really intentional about sitting down to. That's that's yeah. my view on it. And so, if it's something that I'm, it's not my favorite thing in the world, it's going to be difficult for me. Yeah. True. But I'm just being a party pooper. Uh, <laughs> Every party has a pooper. That's why we invited me, Stephen Johnston, a oh. party pooper. I always thought it was, every party has a pooper and the pooper is you. Oh, I was singing the song from Father the Bride, sung oh. by Martin Short. He says, Every party has a pooper, that's why we invited you, Georgia Bonks, a party pooper. <laughs> His name is George Banks, but they keep calling Georgia him George Bonks. Bonks. Georgia Bonks. Georgia Bonks. <laughs> what a great movie. I love yeah. Martin Short. Anyways, back to the song. Great, <laughs> the 16-minute yeah. long song. It starts with him like sounding like the relationship's pretty much over. Like He's like, apologies to future you and future me. Future me and you. And you's. Um, but he's definitely sounding like the relationship's over. And he sounds guilty, like it's his fault. Mm. Uh, he sounds apologetic almost. It's it's really interesting, his his uh, sound. Yeah. His, his demeanor on this song. Um, not even timbre. His timbre is pretty similar, I think. But, oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Uh, he definitely sounds like he's taking the blame. Mm. Um, much later in the song, the ocean washed over your grave comes back. Yeah. Uh, so he's again referring to that. Uh, and just like the last song, it's really somber and desperate sounding. Um it's really, really a sad song when you look at all the lyrics and how he's kind of reflecting on it. Yeah. Um, he's definitely looking back over the relationship, um, not happy about like it. Like in a regretful way? Yeah. Um, he does make some interesting choices near the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Twice there are references to 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. That's that love passage. Most people yeah. have read at their wedding. Love is patient, love is kind. But he, he has more than just that. He's got yeah. a little earlier and it goes on for a while. Um, but he reads parts of, like he sings parts of it, and then later there's a monologue where I think a lady actually reads it off verbatim yeah. from the actual yeah. Bible verse. Yeah, it's an interesting choice where he's kind of analyzing love, and maybe it's not what it, what the Bible says it is, or maybe it's not the traditional thought, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that the next song starts off with a church organ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on to track number ten, the last track. It's called Twin Fantasy. Those boys. I give it a rating of smart car. I don't smart like smart car. cars. Um, so that's an interesting another, title, isn't it? It's another long one. It's, it's got to be a reference to the first song, which is My Boy, Princess Twin Fantasy. So yeah. you kind of flip them a little bit and yep. change it. And this is Twin Fantasies, yes. uh, those boys. Definitely referring to that first song title-wise. Um, and this song actually takes a little bit of a different feel from the last two songs. And there's the hope kind of comes back a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, he's reflecting back on the relationship, and he wants it to be happy memories. Like He wants to like think that the thing's aren't bad like, like there's definitely good things to look back on but it's difficult yeah um and he uses the imagery of the sun he says i haven't looked at the sun for so long i'd forgotten how much it hurt too and so i think yeah. that's him like like wanting to look back on some of the, yeah. the things but it's difficult it hurts hmm. so it's interesting but there's there's definitely positive elements to that song yeah but musically i don't really care for the last three songs yeah. lyrically i think he did a really splendid job at putting everything together yeah um, all in all, it's a really solid, cohesive album. Yeah. Super effort on this guy's part, Will yeah. uh, Will Toledo. He was very intentional with all of his writings. Um, he's he's a gifted writer. He's a very gifted writer. Um, he writes good music. Um, he adds a lot of elements that I don't care for uh, yeah. particularly, but I yeah. don't have to like it. I don't have to 
I mean, he, clearly he's got a lot of fans. I'm not like me. Yeah. Not being the number one fan is not a big deal. Yeah. Having said that, I do like it. There, there are some songs that I really like, like Bodies. I'm gonna probably download a couple of these songs, have them on my iPod and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I can really appreciate it. I think uh, lyrically and thematically, it's a great album. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I'm good. not disappointed that I listened to it. Nice. I would have not ever listened to it otherwise. Yeah. They're coming through Nashville this uh, later this summer at the Live yeah. on the Green. So maybe we'll catch them. Who knows? You're going to be here that week? I don't know which week they're playing. Oh, you're going to be, be gone for Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, Jimmy Eat World's playing for free in Nashville, and I'm going to be in Pittsburgh for that. Mm. Boo. Boo. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Any last thoughts on this on these brews? My beer has been solved the whole way through. It hasn't really changed flavor-wise for me. just been really good. Same. Same here. Yeah. I'd say it's a... Same type of thing for me. It's a uh, still good. You can definitely tell that it's unfiltered now. Yeah, yours is you super hazy. Like, if I hold my beer up compared to yours, mine's see-through. Yeah, great and see-through. Yours and is I not. I can see little dots, little yeah. little little bits of sediment yeah. in there. Good beers though. But before yeah. we finish them, um, shall we do recommendations for our next uh, regular episode? I know that next week we're going to do another one-off, as per usual. I believe we're doing a one-off by the band The Weaker Thans. Yes. Um, an album yet to be determined, but we'll figure that out before then. TBD. Hopefully we figure it out before then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, for the next regular episode, do you have a recommendation? I do. Uh, why don't you recommend first? Okay. I'm going to recommend uh, the album Surrounded by Richard Buckner. Richard Buckner. I believe you were talking about him earlier. He's a folk yeah, artist. Yeah, he's a folk artist. How yeah. did you hear about him again? Uh... In that one uh, Bonnie Vare interview. Oh, that's right. Bonnie Vare references that had, all of his albums He did a press conference and he was like, Richard Buckner is... I, I can't do an impression of Bonnie Vare. <laughs> or I, I guess it's just a Justin Vernon. Justin right? Vernon, his yeah. Um, and he's like, but uh, Richard Buckner is one of the very few artists where I, I believe all of his albums are perfect. Or something like that. So I was like, oh, maybe I should check him out. Interesting. And so I just looked up Richard Buckner and figured out what his most recent album was. And, you and it's surrounded. Okay, yep. fair enough. I'll, uh, I'll give that a listen. It's only nine songs, Steve, and the longest song is five minutes and 40 seconds. Okay, I can handle five minutes so. and 40 seconds. All right, <laughs> for you, I'm going to I'm gonna recommend a Sum 41 album. Okay. Um, it's going to be a choice, though. Are you? Uh, would you rather listen to, like, pop punk, skate punk, or would you rather listen to a little heavier? Uh, pop punk. Pop punk, skate all right. Punk, We're yeah. going to go with uh, their, their breakthrough album, All Killer, No Filler. Oh, oh nice. Uh, you definitely know two songs on there, uh, Fat okay. Lip and In Too Deep are on there. Because I'm in too deep mm-hmm. and I'm trying to keep the da 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 instead of going under. I don't want to waste my, my time. time. Yeah, so you yeah, become another tragedy of society. I don't want to say that uh, that eventually you're going to recommend those two songs, but I won't be surprised. <laughs> they're, they're great songs, but it's a really good album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so... Uh, uh, in Too Deep was on... The- uh, cheaper by the dozen. Yeah, I know. It's so <laughs> random, isn't it? I know. It? Whenever, whenever I first watched that movie, I had no idea Sum Forty One, right? Uh-huh. I didn't know who Sum Forty One was, mm-hmm. and I heard that song, and I was like, "Wow, this is a good song." <laughs> Who's this by? <laughs> Who is this by? But we didn't have the, I didn't, we didn't have the internet back in those days. Yeah. Well, people probably did, but I, 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 I never used it. Then I didn't have the internet then because I remember I heard. When did Cheaper by the Dozen come out? Oh, uh, I don't know. Early two thousands, maybe. Probably see. the early two thousands. But I remember listening to Sum Forty One. I heard. I heard that song on Fuse TV, I think it was. Really? And I was like, Sum 41, who is this? And so I looked it up on uh, on the interwebs, and I was like, this is great! Uh, Cheaper by the Dozen came out in 2003. 2003 so that was sense. when I was in third grade. Fair enough. And I remember hearing that song and being like, wow, this is cool. Do you know where Sum 41 is from? Um, you mean in Where's terms Richard Buckner from? Um, is he American? Yeah, he's. I think he lived in probably California, the West Coast for a Let's while. Let's just go with that. But guess where? Guess Oregon. where some for ones from? Um, They're from a great country. USA? No. Mexico? No. Canada? Canada? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're not Mexican. They're Canadian. Okay. I'm definitely gonna have to wear a hockey jersey for that episode. Eh? Yeah, you pretty much are always wearing a hockey jersey, though. Sometimes, but not Sometimes. always. But definitely right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let me see where he, Richard Buckner's from. Richard Buckner. I don't know. I'm just going to guess California. California. I'm from California. <laughs> he looks so strange. Who? Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, or Richard Buckner? Oh, he's from... He was from Canada as well. For real? Originally from Canada. Oh, so he After living a in Canadian Edmonton, artist. Alber- Alberta for a number of years, he currently resides in Brooklyn. Awesome. I, I believe he... He's Canadian. He's Canadian. Once, If you're born in Canada, always from Canada. Eh? That means we all have to wear... Hockey jerseys. He kind of looks like Neil Young. 
A little bit. We all have to wear hockey jerseys for next episode. You guys have to wear one when we do that. When you listen to the episode, guys. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Next next full-length episode, wear a hockey jersey, eh? Eh? Unless grab, you don't have one. Grab yourself a pound of back bacon, eh? Yeah. yeah. Tim Hortons, maybe. Yeah, put on your... Uh, what do they call their hats? Hats. No, they call it... There's a name for it. Cubbies. Not a toboggan. They call it a... What? I got a something on my head. I got a... I got a... I got a, uh, a hat on my head. I don't know. A hose head. No, that's not a hose head. I can't remember what it is. I'm just trying to think from Bob and Doug McKenzie what they call the, the yeah. hats. A toque. A they call it a toque, yeah. Get your toque on and let's go down to yeah. Tim Hortons. Put your hockey sweater and your toque and we'll go get some uh, some Timmies, eh? <laughs> sure. Eh? <laughs> well, anyway. uh, let's finish our beers. This episode might drag on forever if we talk about Canada. Yeah. Eh? Alrighty. Alright, well, uh, once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. I think we did it again where we didn't introduce ourselves in the beginning. Well, let's finish our beers and let's introduce ourselves, even though I just did it. My name's Jesse Titus. We need to finish our beers first and then we'll introduce ourselves. I I, I started that in the wrong place. Sorry, guys. You'll hear our names again in just a second, but we'll finish our beers first. Forget who we are. Just forget it. Great beer. Once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. My name is Jesse Titus. And we will see if I edit that last name to get it more concise. <laughs> Don't this do is it. American Brews and Tunes. Don't do it, future Steve. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-day.